Just call me Angel of the Fallen Angels. I don't. You I... should see your face right, baby. Whoa. Yeah, now. I don't even. Oh, I. Okay, yeah, let's do it. We're talking about Fallen Angels. That was something, babe. Something? That's all you got for me? I'm... Something? I bear my soul for you. And that's what you got? Something? I mean, I definitely haven't heard that song in a while. That's for sure. Juice Newton. What? Angel of the Morning. That's who That's who that song is by? Yep. On the album Juice from 1981. I just had to look it up. I don't <laughs> think I knew that. I just knew that song. Well, you're going to learn all sorts of things today then. Well, I'm going to relearn all sorts of things today. <laughs> Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Justin. And today we're talking about Dawn of X Fallen Angels number one. And I'm glad you qualified it with the Dawn of X intro because there was a Fallen Angels number one prior to this series. Well, look at that. Look at me go. It has absolutely nothing to do with this series. Okay. And I recently picked up the trade paperback. Oh, look at you. There's a dinosaur on it, so it's actually into it. It's actually pretty good. I really like this miniseries. Uh, we will maybe read it at some point. but Maybe. But let's talk about this Fallen Angels for just a hot second because hot second. I read this issue. Yeah. Um, but I'm not making any promises that I retained much of it. Oh. I wrote notes. Yep. And I went back just now and looked at my notes, mm -hmm. and a lot of my notes stemmed around confusion about Psylocke and the body swap and what was going on. So now that I have a little bit better of an understanding of that, maybe I can dig Experience a little deeper. Experience it again for the first time. Yeah, yeah. But I did read it. You know, this. I'm glad you bring up Psylocke because this is the Look team of- Look at me, of, just bringing up all the right things. You got it. Hey, you know, we did that- retcon wrangling groundwork just to get to this point yep and also because you know psylocke and cable do continue on in the dawn of x even after this series so yes they are both in this issue along with i just told you i don't remember x23 <laughs> yeah yeah laura kinney x23 before wolverine but she's, she's called wolverine well technically she was called wolverine in series before krakoa but it's just i don't know if she wasn't asserting herself. Well, in, in all my notes, I wrote X-23. Well, in the issue, she's called X-23, so you're good. Okay. Warriors without a war. What do you think about this cover? Our three main folks and friends. I mean, it's very, I don't know, foretelling, I guess. It feels like we're about to do battle in a city of danger. Yeah. Cable looks like a sad boy. He's just like me. I got a gun, but I'm unhappy. Isn't he, though? Like, he doesn't know, like, where he comes from. Where does he go? Cotton Eye Joe. You know? Yeah. I, mean, I even wrote, little sad, downtrodden. X-23, Wolverine, just always ready. And always Psylocke ready. specifically looks ready for action. Yes. It's, it's and also intense... looks a little bit PO'd. Yeah. One thing that I realized since we've been reading through and you've been reading the Dawn of X trades, we don't look at the variant covers that I have. Oh, yeah, we don't. This one, I actually really like this variant cover by oh, Pepe Larraz. Cool. 
Ah, Pepe. Ah, Pepe. I love Pepe's stuff. Very excited about him being on the new X-Men book. I like this cover better. The Pepe cover. I do too. That's why I bought that one. I'm just saying. Normally I go with the A cover just because, you know, that's the standard. But this one spoke to me. Oh, it spoke to you. I like that there's... Well, it's a little confusing because there's a big sentinel head in the background of this one. I don't recall sentinels being in this story unless I don't remember anything correctly at all. You're just looking at me. (laughs) No, sentinels are not in this story at all. (laughs) I'll just mess with you. Don't do that. Too late. All right, shall we dive in? Oh, yeah. Page turn noise. This one doesn't have a quote at the beginning. I'm just realizing that. No quote. All the other ones did. Well, the quote comes a little bit later, doesn't it? No, that's just the title page. No, it has an Ultron quote. Yes. Oh, don't don't spoil. No sp- spoiler, no spoiling. Kanan, the goddess of mercy. Now, a lot of this, you know, we're, we're brought in. We see this little girl, right? Yes. And With we have a little butterfly neck tattoo. Yeah, foreboding. Unknown source of the narrative boxes. We find out in a few pages that it is Kanan and this, this unique device that she has and is affixing to her head. Wait, this is... No, that that is not Kanan, but the voice, oh, the, the I words. I was like, hold up. I thought this was Mercy. Isn't this child's name Mercy? Or I just can't read. Both of those things could be true. I don't think the child's name is Mercy. I wrote down, there's a girl named Mercy who had her identity stolen. Kanan was the goddess of Mercy. In Japan, you can find a statue of her holding a child. Mercy is my name. This is coming from Kanan, this, this narrative. I don't think that, mer- and that's a little bit confusing. Ah, so it's just that I can't read. <laughs> great, great. We're off to a wonderful start. Off to a wonderful start. So she's hooking up this whatever it is. We find out what it is later on. Mm-hmm. And on the next page, I really like the art in this. I don't know if, especially when you look at that next page. Yeah, the art in this is really great. I have um, a little later on one page in particular that I really enjoyed the art, especially yeah. on, but. And honestly, so I think I've said before that this was my least favorite of the original six, but rereading it through this, I was like, oh, maybe. Yeah, I liked this. I remember liking this one. Yeah. I think I liked the first couple of issues and then it kind of got a little by (laughs) but it's kind of interesting, you know, the, the mystery of this, it's a little cerebral. This girl is like going off as she's not having it on the subway. She is just. Taking people down. I would like to see the conductor. And she mentions Apoth. I was not free then, but I am free now. And I think that's that's Kanan speaking to the fact that, you know, she was trapped in the subconscious of Betsy Braddock for 30 years. Yeah, so I clearly did not understand this at all. So this, these are not this person's internal thoughts. These dialogue boxes are... Coming from Kanan from another place? So the only reason I think it's that is because on the fourth page, where you have that massive explosion, she talks about Krakoa. I have never spoken to you. You have never known me because I am not safe to know. But we have a place now, Krakoa. Soon I will tell you of it. Little one, we both have earned our mercy. Okay, so we just... So, okay. Whatever you say, Ek expert man <laughs> i i just misunderstood i just completely yeah. misunderstood i thought all of these things were happening inside this person on the subway's brain and they were just having a little internal monologue while they destroyed 
this train? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. And so we are moving on. We get peace in our time. Peace in our time. Which is the Ultron quote. New bonds are forged among mutant kind as old wounds heal, but the drums of war still beat for some. Actually, I guess it's a Tony Stark quote. Yes. I mean, both. Tony Stark says it first. Ultron's quoting Tony. Yeah. Yeah. Peace in our time. That was a little bit too nerdy for an Ultron voice. Peace in our time. There you go. Okay, so we've got Psylocke, Magneto, Mr. Sinister. Mr. S. Cable, X-23, and Captain Britain. Yes, yes, yes. Fallen Angels number one, Bushido. Do you know what Bushido is? Nope. The Way of the Warrior. Oh, I think I've heard of that before. It's a moral code for the samurai. So, uh, you want to hit us with that creative team? You know it. Brian Hill is the writer. Sizyam Kudransky, I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly. Frank Diamarta uh, is the color artist. Joe Sabino as the letterer. The name that you said incorrectly is the artist. Is the artist who I am admiring throughout this entire book. Yes. I'm sorry I'm I can't pronounce your name right. We, please someone tell us how. Give me like a pronunciation guide. Help me. Warrior. Limited. Sword. Tiny text. Okay. So now we're on Krakoa and now I we're understand on that. Kanan on Krakoa. And I think it's interesting as she's talking about these the philosophies of her settling in on Krakoa, needing to remind herself of pain in this paradise. Well, it's it's similar to what Wolverine is talking about in the issue yeah. before about, was that X-Force? Yep. Yes, I got it right. You know, about this idea of getting complacent and feeling safe. Makes you soft. Get Yeah. So having this, I need to remember my pain. Well, especially you think about Kanan's a warrior and she's been trapped in the subconscious of another person for literal decades. And now she's brought on the mutant club med of Krakoa <laughs> and is just supposed to just chill and be peaceful. You know, the wrestling of these two ideas. How can I be peaceful and happy when something stirs within me? Mm. Will you allow yourself paradise? I love the the page borders. And that happens throughout a lot of this issue. Mm. It's. I feel like it really brings you in and something I don't see otherwise. Yeah, it's very nice. I like it. And then you get this little butterfly, butterfly action, which is a callback already to the tattoo. Oh, we're gonna see a lot of butterflies, caterpillars, and caterpillars metaphors, turn into butterflies. So while meditating, Psylocke, because that's what Conan's going by now. Yes. Receives a message from an unknown, telling her of Apoth. You must kill a god. I am truth, and you are not dreaming. You'll wither here, Psylocke. In the bosom of Xavier's peace, take up this war. Which I think is kind of convenient when you're talking about how she's feeling restless and then gets called out and named by a mysterious voice in her head of the thing that she's thinking about. (laughs) You're like, I need something else to do. Well, she manifested it, right? She like... Did she? That's interesting. you know, like that's... You think about something, you want a cause, you want to fight, you want something to keep you from just being at peace. Well, how about this APOF? Then boom, it appears. Do not ignore me. This is not a dream. I'll tell you three or four times. I'm not a dream. This is real. This is real. This image is epic. Yeah. It's so amazing. And we're connected to this thread that we saw at the beginning of the issue and mention of the girl on the train. 
He has already taken something precious from you. Dun, dun, dun. We know what it is, but we're not going to say it right now. But this image in itself is really beautiful because it's, you know, the pain and the anguish in her face. But as it like projects out in this color spectrum, there's so much in it. Like at first you look at it and you're like, oh, there's, you know, a couple of things in it. But if you look really closely, there's a lot of little details. Details. Oh, a baby. Like, what is this city? Tokyo. Just interesting. And then it knocks her off her meditative state. And she's like, a path? What's this? And so she goes. To the house of M. To Magneto. And counseling with Magneto in his epic Krakoa chair. how epic he is in that chair. And he's telling her, you know, a vision you say from an unknown source. It wasn't a dream, Magneto. It told me several times it wasn't a dream. It can't be. And we get full confirmation that she's taking the name Psylocke. Braddock had my body. I am keeping the name. I love just these images, their conversation, these close-ups of like face close-up, eyes, face, mouth, yeah. mouth. And I like how we get different details in each one. Because I've seen a lot of up-close shot conversations like this where it's very similar shots right, back, back and, and forth. forth. Back and forth. But in here, we get very distinct, you know, you could almost connect those two panels on the bottom of the page of Magneto across and and see his full face. Yeah. And so she wants to leave Krakoa to go find out what this what's is happening. Well, actually, before the, there's this note about trying to give advice like Charles because of what happened in X-Force. Not really a spoiler at this point, but if you're listening, uh, Xavier dies in X-Force number one. And it seems like his resurrection. you're listening and you didn't read it, I'm going to give you a spoiler without telling you I'm giving you a spoiler. It's not really a spoiler. It came out two years ago. <laughs> I'm just, you prefaced it like you were about to give a warning and then you just gave the information. No warning. No warning. It came out a year ago. Year and a half. I don't know. It's old news. And his resurrection is in no way immediate. They're, like Everybody's just kind of hanging out at their own place. House of M, because, Bar Sinister. Because they're like, look at this. How we do we have, figure it out? No, we don't have Charles in our business. Charles not in charge. What are we going to do? Magneto's in charge. Great. Yeah. And honestly, I kind of like Magneto in charge because it's not on this next page, but it's on the one after it. He's telling her... In this conversation, there's a real effort to make a distinction that this is not Betsy. This is a new character who doesn't care what you thought about Betsy Braddock. This is the real Kanan. Mm -hmm. There's a lockdown in effect after what happened in X-Force. Which I feel like is a big, like a bold move. Like, hey, all mutants. Welcome to paradise. Come to this place where you can be free and it's paradise and it's wonderful. But We we totally have this figured out. Now you're on lockdown. Don't you leave. No one's coming in. No one's going out. Why would you want to leave? You're in paradise. Chill out, Oy. warriors. This next page, I just the capitalized. Yes, Magneto. This is the guy. Me too. Who bends rules to do right by the people who are in need. You know, Psylocke by has- the mutants who are in need. Sure. Yeah. The mutant people. Right. But not just any people. Right. Yeah. I, I agree that with distinction. that. Okay. He says like, go talk to a sin. Go talk to Sinister. <laughs> Get He's out of doing here. things under the table. Just but, we know about it, but just go deal with him. Yeah. And I love this like off the record. I'll give you a way off the island through Sinister. Go to him. Officially, I forget conversations. Thank you. Don't thank me. 
I haven't done anything. <laughs> what? What conversation? Psylocke who? I only know Betsy. I never met this Psylocke. And we're over at Bar Sinister. Interesting perspective from Sinister about evolution being constant. Now, he even calls out, Apoth sounds like a homo sapiens who has found the truth. Should we punish him for that? If you remember, Sinister was not initially a mutant. Right. He made himself a mutant. Yeah, he's an altered human who introduced an X-gene into his body. So is he a mutate? Basically, yeah, I would say so. Which a lot of people have some some back and forth conversations. Like, how is he not only allowed on Krakoa, but a seat at the council if he's not genuinely a mutant? That he introduced, technically creating the first... Maybe he's like another iteration of himself, which is actually a mutant. Yeah, I guess. Or maybe they just let it slide because he's a character that they wanted to have. And they need those genes. He's he's essentially the first Chimera. You know, he's, Mm -hmm. he's made himself into the first Chimera. And I do like this point as as she's continuing Psylocke is continuing to distance herself from the name Kanan and don't call me Kanan it's a shackle not a name mm. we don't know a whole lot about the person that this is you know we know a lot about <laughs> Betsy and her body but that's what I'm just laughing because I'm like yeah there, we don't know a lot about we don't know a lot in general when it comes to this story we know a lot but we don't know we know but we don't know you know yeah you know you know so you Seems want like they're trying to tell us yeah like with this story right like this they're is starting really... to say this is who kanan was or yeah and i feel like that's am the... i saying that right yes is it kanan yes okay i believe that that's really the intent of this book is to give her an identity which i'm into yeah. especially now that i now that we've done the psylocke betsy whatever you want to call it, retcon wrangler. And, you know, it's clear that Betsy has an identity and a backstory, but Kanan doesn't. Yeah. So you want me to help you break the laws of paradise? Yes. Excellent. I can't wait. And this this conversation between Sinister and and Psylocke, I wrote down. Honestly, rereading this issue, I'm enjoying it a lot more and what they're setting up, especially when... You come in with a deeper understanding of who this Psylocke is or or the fact that we don't really know who this Psylocke is. Agreed. I love this m- point that Sinister makes about where were you when Braddock was your puppeteer? Looking out of your eye window, watching her control your hands. I was burning, screaming, but no one could hear me. Okay, now on um. I mean, that's fantastic. That's a good point. Okay, but on, <laughs> but on, you skipped over like my favorite part of the issue, sure. which is her saying, Sinister, I'm trying to prevent apocal- an apocalypse. And he says, Apocalypse is a blue man with a very bad temper and none of my concern. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I love Sinister's little sassy quips. Yeah. I love it. You're going to love Hellions. Great. Sign me up. And I also like that he is just like, she's coming to him for help and he's trying to help her, but he's also like taunting her. He's like, you want to just kill Betsy. Like, make it worth my while. Right. Yeah, make it interesting, basically. Trying to get him to get her to kill Betsy. Passage granted. Go chase your Apoth, Psylocke, but don't do it alone. Get a team. A, yeah. No one here trusts me. I'm sure someone else here needs something to destroy. Find them. My work calls. Thank you for not being boring. Thank you for not being boring. And so we get our first flashback page. 
of the issue. And some of the first real, other than those issues that we went through last episode, some of our first real backstory of Kanan. I'm just going back and looking. Is this page with the cocoon from the beginning? Is this also a flashback? I don't like, is, is she meditating? This? Is this an image in her head? Because you brought up these these specific divisions on the page in the border. Ooh, yeah. And it's it's on that page. And, you know, she looks happy and maybe younger. And then that could be what now, she's what she's kind of mentally rewriting in her mind and, and experiencing the idea of pain on this paradise. And because it, it feels narratively, it feels as though it's current it feels mm. as though it's on Krakoa she's talking about needing to to find a way out but yeah these but this this one that's a flashback has this leaf border this leafy border with like branches of some kind as the division between the images yeah so we get some backstory on Psylocke's training and where the name Kanan came from you will be Kanan the enemy of peace and that's it's interesting because I wonder how much of that like we are seeing this now yeah. But I wonder how much of that she already knows or already remembers about herself. And that's why she doesn't want to be called Kanan anymore. I believe that that, I mean, that's what the narrative is establishing, that Kanan was a shackle. That was her. That was like someone gave me this role. This role, this training, this purpose in as an assassin to become this, to become a butterfly because you are a caterpillar, soft and ugly and useless. Rude. But you will become a butterfly. Kanan, I will make you beautiful with the creepy fingers. With the creepy fingers. Carousel dance party. Woohoo. We got X23 Bonfire. and Cable squaring off in their uh, violent antisocial ways. <laughs> like, uh, uh, how just does. duking it out for funsies. Yeah. You know, hanging out with everybody else in Krakoa, getting punched in the face, and about to slash you with my claws. Mm-hmm. This quote. I I wrote, this is how I dance, sucker. Pop. Oh, Lord. I don't feel anything because nothing here matters. Mutants have never been this safe and safety sucks. I wrote down, giving me hardcore Wolverine vibes from the last issue. Like they're one in the same. Yeah. And I feel like that is really a a continuation of that theme just now as the focus. You know, that was really Logan's perspective and what he was trying to push forward. But now here, full in perspective, all these characters are feeling this caged Yeah, and it kind of makes sense that Psylocke would choose these two to be on her team because the three of them are sort of like, I don't know if outcasts is the right word, but they don't have a place, it seems. Hmm. Like these two are choosing to be away from the rest of the people hanging out. Like they're hanging out on their own. Yeah, I mean... I feel like there's a little bit of a place for them in the sense that Cable has his, his family, quote unquote, that is still, you know, some stops and starts of, of identifying with. Laura kind of is becoming a part of a family, but at the same time doesn't really know these people, you know, only knows them and only knows them through this training and through this violence and killing. That's interesting. Yeah. Like all yeah. three of them are, well, I don't know how old or young Psylocke is, but just this idea that like X-23, she is like a clone or an experiment or something. She's an experiment. She was created in a lab using DNA of Wolverine Logan. Mm-hmm. And 
impregnated into one of the doctors who was responsible for creating this breakthrough in recreating Wolverine. So she's kind of a clone, but at the same time, she's kind of his daughter. His daughter. And then Cable, this is like young Cable, yep. right? So he's like another iteration. Is he also time displaced? Well, so this is the Cable that went back and killed the old Cable. Right. Okay. And then Psylocke was like hidden in Betsy's body and Betsy's mind. So I kind of feel like all three of them are sort of trying to find their own identity. Wayward warriors. Yeah. Enter Psylocke. Your name is Kanan. These memories and their juxtaposition as she's trying to define herself in the wake of her new freedom, where she's not trying to be Kanan. She's trying to be Psylocke. She's trying to find what is her purpose here. Betsy. Psylocke, I was wondering if we could... Nah, man. Just just get out of here. These three panels, I love that. That's just... I love how they seem, uh, both X-23 and Cable, kind of seem intrigued by the offer to join Psylocke. You know, this this kindred spirits of sorts of, she's not safe. No, she's not. No, she, no she's not. Like, I feel like that's more like, neither are we. Yeah. Like, I mean, we were the I'm ones. not afraid. Right, right. We were just about to kill each other for funsies. Yeah. So if you're going to kill each other for funsies, come over to my house at the reservoir near the Wild Hunt, which is interesting because we've gotten some very light details at this point about these locations there's been names of various places on krakoa but we don't have a whole lot of information about what's happening it's slowly getting revealed slowly getting built by these creative teams as they define these different locations i wonder if in the marvel office or the x office there's like a big map of krakoa i hope so i dream of it someone in the marvel office take a picture of it just send it to me Shoot it to me in a DM or an email. I won't tell anybody. I'll just post it on my wall, like my physical wall, not a internet wall. And I'll just like look at it, you know, and I'll put little pins in it. And I'll, I'll make little tacks with all the characters' faces on them. And be like, where is this person today? Ooh, look at me. They're over here. They moved over here. And I'll put the moon on there. It's going to be real good. Maybe Mars eventually. I don't know why you would say that, but it sounds like something that happens in the future. Yeah, maybe, 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 maybe. All right, so these friends are having some tea. They're having some tea. You're a soldier and you need a war. You're a predator and you need a hunt. None of us have a place in paradise. That's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. They're like rogues. Yeah. But not rogue, but like rogues. Laura pulls Psylocke aside and and has this exchange about what Cable needs versus what she needs. And I love the intercut of the moon as they're, they're both really, you know, again, these panels of conversation. Yeah. He deserves this place. And what do you deserve, Laura? A life without Logan's shadow. So when do we leave? So she, she makes the decision for Cable that, no, you're not coming. Like, this is not for you. You go and... Get your butt kicked by the fire by somebody else. We're having a ladies' night. Peace ladies out. Ladies' night in Tokyo. And now we're in Tokyo. Searching for information about APOF. We get more information about what the bigger ideas are and what we're dealing with. What what we saw with the girl on the train, this black market tech, body modification, digital narcotics. It all needs a boogeyman, but is APOF actually real? Nobody seems to know, or at least this woman is not telling Kanan. Got to keep those secrets close, you know? Yeah. 
and can't fi- reveal the big boss. No, not yet. Not in the first issue. Not in the first issue. The enhancement apparently can kill you, and it pushes you to take others with you when it does. We see some video footage on the next page, and something's up with Psylocke. Well, this is because these are the same images from the beginning. Right. So this is video footage of that train attack. But here's here. Okay. Here's a question. Mm-hmm. So if in the beginning, the the dialogue boxes or the boxes were something that Kanan was saying or Psylocke was saying, but now Psylocke is just now realizing who this person is. How was that? girl hearing her she wasn't hearing her i don't think she was hearing her that that was like psylocke inner monologuing to herself as part of her meditation maybe maybe that was also part of what she was imagining as like the peace that she was trying to find in this paradise in that one page with the the border panels so it just happened to be simultaneously happening while this i don't think that it necessarily means that it was happening at the exact same time it was just those are the elements that were being introduced through the story at that time so you get some visuals of this one thing while you get some inner narration of this other character and then somehow through this issue we'll find out how they're connected and merge okay (laughs) you don't like that i don't like it because i didn't understand it at all when i read it you know no, i don't think i did either and i feel like that was what was throwing me off at the beginning and that's why I think this child's name is Mercy, because I because it said Mercy is my name. So I was like, oh, this is your inner monologue. You Mercy. No, I can't let it go. I'm sorry. Anyway, because look, this this page of this memory of the baby also has these like yep. bamboo esque dividers and a little leafy border. Mm-hmm. And these connections between her training this girl and the butterfly. Remember this pain. You will need this memory. When you think you can't endure, remember what you endure now. We will mark her with a butterfly. In the, if the fates are kind, perhaps you will find her again. We are merciful here. Who? Who, who is we? Yeah, they don't really say, right? We don't get any information. I don't think, uh, maybe. I don't think that that is Apoth. No? no Could be. I feel like Apoth is more of a recent development that Psylocke doesn't know anything about. But maybe. And that memory triggers her. She wants answers. Both of them are shaking them down. I love Laura. She's just like, uh, easy boys. My friend is asking a question. Just claws out. Claws out and that psychic knife shot intensely through the brain. We get the information what we wanted. I think this team up is pretty cool. These two characters together. They they get the information. Yeah. Confirmation of this being Psylocke's daughter and motivation now to go further. And then we learn about Overclock. Overclock. What is Overclock? Oh, it's... um. A drug that's made out of pieces of other tech and it makes time pass slower. And it destroys your mind as you take it. Rots your brain. And the creator is making it more and more powerful and leaves no regular bio trace because it is a machine. So you yeah. can't track it in yeah. And the fact that all the components that make up the piece, the, the actual device, are legal, but the completed device is illegal. So there's no way really to track and trace it. So that was really interesting. And it gets like worse as you take it, right? You're like, was that something that I read? Was like your memory or something dissolves more and more as you take it? I didn't write that down, but for some reason that's... Creates the potential for severe psychological trauma. 
And we're outside of Tokyo now. Secret location. I love Laura's question about the lack of guards. You know, if this is the hideout of a black market tech dealer, then why aren't there any guards? Because no one would look for technology here. Basically on a farm. Basically on a farm, in a barn, and there's a bunch of children all tapped up with these crazy electronic devices. Where are these children from? Are they all... Stolen children from... Stolen children? Maybe, yeah. And that, like... Like, thinking about... This is why I'm saying, is there a connection to to the baby snatching of Psylocke in that memory? Right. Because they took her baby, and now her child is one of these people. So, like, did... That's what I'm like, is is it Apoth? Apoth? I've been saying Apoth, I don't know. Okay. But that person, that guy, if that was like a larger plot, maybe Kanan wasn't the only like ninja assassin that they were training and then they take the baby Yeah, and they're like, we're not really sure what we're going to be using these babies for yet, but we're going to use them for something. (laughs) And then, or they've been working for a really long time to come up with this technology. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. I don't, we we definitely don't get that information here and I'm not sure that we really get that information throughout this series, but. We have to find out who did this. I did this. Yeah, which is kind of ominous from the distance, speaking through this child. I'm the song, mutant. Go back to your exile. Without you, this world will finally evolve. That's rough. Yeah. And he dies as well. We got our last flashback of the issue where she's much older. And she cuts through the butterfly, which I think is kind of symbolic of this transformation. Mm. Mm. You are the will of balance. Tell me, what do you need? Someone worth killing. Yikes. I titled this page, Deal with the Devil. Deal with the Devil. Oh, Sinister. Psylocke comes back to Sinister bringing Cable. (laughs) I brought Cable. And just Sinister's eye like, ooh, okay. I recruited a team. I need a team. I'll recruit them. You keep our existence from the council. I'll bring Apoth back to you. Whatever he is, whatever he can do, it's yours. And then I kill him. I kill him. He mine. You take whatever he wants. Uh, yeah, I just love the way this is. And en- this ends with her saying, "Laura, Nathan, find me others that we can trust. We're building a team. Yeah, we're getting the gang back together. Gather some friends. You ugly caterpillars, you." Because I'm going to make you butterflies. I'm a butterfly, and soon you'll be butterflies too. But right now, you're squishy, ugly caterpillars like I used to be when I was a baby. When I was a baby. And that's it. That's, that's all we it. get. Issue one. It's over. What'd you think? I enjoyed it. I like that it was fast paced. I like that it's giving Kanan slash Psylocke now a story. Mm. I like that I don't have as many questions about what is going on because now I know more about Who these characters the Psylocke are. saga. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree though from your reactions initially about the confusion about where these pieces are coming from. Yeah, you it's know? just the beginning. The beginning just the beginning just felt like I didn't really know what was ha- like. I as I've said about eight hundred times in this episode, I clearly misunderstood. Yep, and I think part of that is I'm still new to comic reading so there's some you know layout things that i don't always understand or i don't always catch but for me to have 
that be a voiceover or an inner monologue or whatever you want to call it of someone that's not even on that page, that's not even shown at all. I just don't know how I'm supposed to know that. Right. Well, so I think that comes from that fourth page that places it on Krakoa, places it in a connection to a child talking about this place that they can share together. And then it almost has you look back at the first couple pages to see it in that new perspective. Hold on. I would like to pause for a second and reread this. Sure. All right. I reread it. You're right. I don't want to say I know, but Shh. I just, it comes from having read the issue multiple times. And if, I mean, that's a note that that is kind of discouraging and probably why I didn't enjoy it the first time because I now reading it again and having that understanding that you know this is who this is coming from, this is how these threads are weaving together. I feel like it was a little off-putting at the beginning to not know where sound is coming or, or where text is coming from. Also, the thing is like as a whole in this issue, it seems like at the end, she's remembering that she had a child, hmm. right? Like that whole flashback is her remembering that yeah, or I don't, I don't know if I don't know if those flashbacks are unlocking the memories or they're just sharing them with us. Right. Yeah. But that's... it's also like in the beginning, it's saying I had a child and I wasn't there for her. Right. So if you knew that, why are you just remembering it later? Like some of that stuff is is a little bit confusing. But overall, I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the pacing of the story. The art is really beautiful. I think it's a cool thread. It's like new team being formed in the darkness with Sinister. Mm -hmm. I always love Sinister. So when he's in an issue and he can be sassy, I'm down for that. Yeah. What about you overall? I mean, I, I think I've said it a couple of times throughout. I Reading this series, this was my least favorite of the original six, mm -hmm. but I like it more now. And I feel like it was a little confusing, but it wasn't the most confusing, you know? No, Excalibur was the most confusing. Sure. Yeah, right. That's I was <laughs> setting you up. Uh, Thanks. And I feel like I'm interested to reread the rest of these issues mm. to see how re-looking at it changes my perspective of this as a story oh i like that i'm into that i think the art's beautiful i think i like these characters the it, it's so i've said a couple of times that this only goes for six issues this only, yes so this only lasts the first arc of the dawn of x i'm wondering how soon they knew that that was going to happen or if this was always planned to be six issues you know there is the story that the writer of this was also is also a filmmaker and got work working on a film. Oh, interesting. So, do you, are you wondering if that like I don't know. So I don't know it? if because the the really standout piece of information is the fact that in issue five of X Men, which you haven't read, right? X twenty three Wolverine is given something else to do, mm. and so so this team that they're forming is clearly slowly, not that important. Slowly in the starts future. to. And then Cable gets his own series. And then Psylocke is put on Hellions. Hmm. So they all have places where they fall. And I feel like if this was only intent to be... A, the reason why I don't think it was only meant to be six issues is that we really... From what I remember, we really don't get a full story. We really don't get a conclusion of this this arc or this thread. Maybe it'll come back later in something else. Pieces of it have. 
which was interesting. Hmm. This I well, I don't want to talk too much about the don't future. Don't tell of. me nothing. You got to read it. Yeah, I'm gonna read it, but I don't want you to tell me before I read it. I already get like, I mean, it's bound to happen, but you know, the internet and talking to other people, I already get little spoilers here and there. I love watching your face when they happen. When like someone says something about a current book and you like look at me like, whoop. Because there's nothing I can do. Yeah. But at I, the same time, it's like, hey. But also yeah. there's so much in like conversation. There's so much that is said that it does not always stay in my brain. Yeah. Like it kind of falls out. And then like when I'll get to it. What was it the other day? Something about Cyclops, no? No, it was about Colossus when Colossus becomes a, a bad guy. Oh, or yeah. when he switches sides. <laughs> when Colossus switches sides. What was that in? I don't remember. I don't either. Oh, we were listening to um, Marvel Method, right? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But it was like when Colossus switches sides and and I was like, what? Colossus is a bad guy? What are you talking about? But then I'm like, no, shush, shush, shush. Don't remember that. Let it fall (laughs) out of your brain. And I had actually already forgotten it until you just brought it back up. Whoops. He's making the face again. He's making the face again. So this is it. I finished the first Trade paperback of Dawn of X. It took us a lot longer than I anticipated. That's okay. We're going to get going on the next one and do you, keep on moving on. Do you want to talk about your reactions to the six here or do we want to do that someplace else? Or Do we need to do that? No, I guess not. So going forward, we're going to talk about each book as a whole. Ideally. Yes. Okay. Just for letting the people know. We've told you know? them. We've told them, but you know, It'll, sometimes it might they change need a refresher. too. Yeah, no promises. We don't, we don't stick to a plan. I mean, if so, I thought about this the other day. If you want to be really ambitious, you could read the couple of other books, and then we could just talk about the first arc of Dawn of X. But I feel like that might be a little bit much. Let's see how I go finishing this book that we're reading and the book club stuff. Just let me pace myself. But I'll I'll set that as a goal for myself. You know, I also have this sort of costume thing I'm working on. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. That needs to be done in a timely fashion. Yep. Until next time, old friend. Charles, you're dead. Thanks so much for joining us today on the X-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. 